Thanks for listening to the River in the Hills weekly sermon. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Nate Cashdan. For more about this podcast and other resources, visit our website at www.riverinthehills.com. doing today? Good, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. You never said that when I cut my own hair, though. Hey, it's good to see everybody today. Uh, can we turn the lights up in the house just a little bit so I can see everybody, actually? Um, yeah, there it is. Hey, there you are. Um, it's so funny, like, this is probably the most unspiritual thing that you'll hear today, but when Kyle was talking about um, apples, I was thought of one of my favorite sayings, which is, an apple a day will keep anyone away if you throw it hard enough. <laughs> so, come back, Holy Spirit. Is that point number one? Yeah, write that down. <laughs> today we're going to be, um, Lord, kind of put a word on my heart. Just call it three tools for the times. Um, I'm a tool guy, right? Uh, not Tim the Tool Man Taylor, but I, I did used to be uh, a tool junkie um, when I was, you know, starting off. Well, not starting off, but when I was starting off more on my own, I was about 18, and you know, my dad had always taught me. I had worked with him, and she had every tool you ever needed, and all this machinery in a huge shop, and um, and he told me. He said, you know, the more tools you have, the more money you're worth. I was like, noted. <laughs> and I became a tool junkie. And a new tool came out. I get it. And, uh, uh, but then I got married. And um, now I'm a Kaylee junkie. <laughs> Can't get enough. And uh, spend all my money. No, I'm just kidding. No, but I, yeah, but I, I love my family and have pretty much all the tools I need. So, um, but I think that uh, I think that the Lord has given us a lot of tools. We're not going to talk about all of them today. He's given us a lot, um, but tools that we actually need to be able to do the jobs that He has asked us to do, set us up to do um, as believers, just as followers. Some of, we have some of us. Sh- we all share some of the same jobs. Right? As followers of Jesus, we've all been called to very similar things, but then we all have specific jobs that are unique to us, our family, our local church, our area that we live in. They're, they can be different, and so you need different tools. Uh, sometimes you use the same tools for a different job. Right? How many of you have walked on a job site and seen somebody trying to hammer a nail in with their tape measure? <laughs> How many of you have tried to hammer a nail in with your tape measure? Yeah, I've broken several doing that. It's stupid. We always used to teach people that you... You use that tool for what it's designed to use for, and you get a lot better use out of it, right? Okay. But nonetheless, you get creative sometimes. Well, sometimes we, uh, the Lord's given us a tool, and sometimes he'll highlight the use for a specific season, and that's what I want to talk about today. I believe three that, that we've had. These aren't new tools, right? And you're like, what? The Lord gave us a new tool. No, that's not it. It's the same old tool, perhaps a new application, um, with the same tool, but I believe that it's something that the Lord's highlighting, even specifically just for us here at River in the Hills, but I know that's not just for us here at River in the Hills, um, things that will be extra useful in the times that we're in, okay? All right, well, that's your introduction. So, um, can you repeat it? No, I cannot. I don't even know what I said. Uh, watch, yeah, watch the stream. It'll be online. Um, 
Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this day. I thank you, Lord, for each person that's here, God, each person that'll hear this word. God, I thank you, Lord, for the body of Christ, the bride of Christ. Thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, for, uh, for continuing just to speak to us. Lord, I thank you for your desire in love just to have relationship and communication with your kids. Lord, I can't imagine not having relationship and communication with my kids, and I'm not perfect. And you're our perfect father, and you just wholly and lovingly desire relationship and communication with us. So I thank you for that. The God of the universe would want to not only abide in us and through us, but continue to communicate with us. So God, we just open our ears to what you're saying this morning. Open our hearts to your truth. In Jesus' name, amen. I encourage, obviously, everyone in the room to listen and pay attention, but I just want to extra, just make an extra call this morning to every man in the room, okay? If you're a man, you can raise your hand. Oh, this is not a test, because if it was, many of you would fail. No, but, uh, but I, just, I just felt that during worship where the Lord, oftentimes the Lord just directs things like that, and I felt like the Lord said, tell the men to pay attention. So, pay attention. But women, you got to pay attention too. Um, the first tool that I believe the Lord has given us for the times that we're in is this right here, the Word of God, okay? I'm just going to make one little point right here. This is not the tool that he's given us for this time, okay? Listen, I'm not saying that it's wrong to look at the Bible on your phone. I use it sometimes too, but... How many times that when you're reading the Bible or even following along in church where it's like, bing, 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 this person started a live video, this person mentioned you in their story, this person cares nothing about you, but it's, but it's beeping anyways, and you're going to look at it anyways, this, you know what I mean? Like, it's a distraction, okay? So there's ways to make it not a distraction, and, there's way, and it's good, it's a tool. I'm not saying you're not saved if you read the Bible on your phone. Goodness. Don't go there. But this... The only alerts that pop up in this are from the Holy Spirit, okay? Ooh, write that one down. Somebody take a picture. No. Somebody take a picture and post it online. I'm not, I'm not against your app on the phone. I, like I said, I use it, but this is a tool that is valuable. 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17, it says, All Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching and reproof and correction and training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate and equipped for every good work. Sometimes we don't like a few of those words in that sentence. You're like, yeah, Scripture's inspired by God and it's profitable for teaching, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped... <laughs> Right? I mean, that's a lot easier way to read that verse, right? But, uh, but honestly, that, that's how, even if you've been through our RITH 101 class, which is a kind of, we don't have formal membership, but if you want to call RITH your home, we encourage you to go through that class, uh, like our membership class. And we say that, like, final issues of authority, like, we turn to the Word of God for, like, if there's an issue, like, we have levels of governance, right? We have elders, and we have an outside council, and they're all turning to the Word of God. They're all using the same word to go, how do we, how do we make decisions? What, where do we come down on this? And so it's very useful. Um, the Word of God is God's revelation to us about himself, okay? 
Uh, it's not only inspired, uh, not only profitable, necessary. We need it, okay? First um, Corinthians 2.14 says, A person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they're discerned only through the Spirit. Having a conversation recently, you know, and, and this came up. I was saying, I was, you know, I was saying, you can read, you can be anyone in the world and open the Bible and read it. If you know how to read, you can read it as a book, okay? But the spiritual truths and the spiritual implications and applications and, and the revelation that the Lord intends to give us about himself and about how we're supposed to do the things that he's called us to do, those things are understood only by the Holy Spirit. Everybody say, only by the Holy Spirit. Only by the Holy Spirit. Okay? So it actually takes the, word, it takes the Holy Spirit to understand the revelation that comes from God. You can't understand it without him. It does, that, you know what's really encouraging about that to me? I mean, there's a lot of things. You know the main thing that just comes straight to the top of my mind? is that it does not depend on how smart you are. It does not depend on your knowledge to measure how much faith you have or how saved you are or or how righteous you are. It has nothing to do with your knowledge, right? Jesus oftentimes grabbed the kids and told all the adults around him to please become more like them, okay? And those kids were not scholars or educated or probably couldn't even read, right? I love that it takes the Holy Spirit to interpret and understand what the Lord is saying through his word. If you, so if you, that, the encouragement to walk away within this context of using the word of God as a tool is that if you are a man or woman of God filled with the Holy Spirit, the Bible is yours to understand. The Bible is yours to receive and glean from, right? And hear from the Lord through and to learn through. It doesn't mean that you're, that you're like, if you you're like, come on this thing, you're like, I don't know what this means. I probably don't have the Holy Spirit. Don't go there. That's a, that's a bad place to go. That's not what it means at all. But if it were all automatically absorbed, if we just like got filled with the Holy Spirit and went, got it, why would we have a need for him? He likes to be searched out. All right. The word is always useful. The reason I'm mentioning it today as a tool is because I believe that the Lord's highlighting it, especially in this time. Why? Because this is unchanging. Okay? Every day there's a new report on everything. All the time. It doesn't even matter if it needed a new report. There's going to be a new one by some other voice, even on good things. How many of you have heard conflicting teachings on the end times in the last year. Everybody is a professional, and everybody knows everything there is to know about the end times, but all of their views are different. So how, how does it work? I'm telling you that this will keep us not only centered, it'll help keep our bearings right, but it'll also help us answer questions like, is that true? Is that right? Which voice should I listen to? Which, you know what I mean, all the, with all the noise, all the confusion, it's really easy to get off on a little tangent when you don't have a center line. And Jesus is our ultimate center line, and this is his manual that he's given us. When I bought my first smartphone, I don't remember when it was, probably 2014, years after they came out, because I'm 
you know, I don't like jumping on bandwagons. But I, got, I was really dumb, and I lashed out and threw my phone one time and broke it, and I needed a new phone. And that's just honest. And uh, so I went and I bought an iPhone, and I was like, sweet. And so they gave it to me, and they're like, here you go. And I was like, I said, where's the manual? You know, like, and they laughed at me, and I was like, do you want to go talk about it in the parking lot? Like, do you wanna? I'm like, why are you laughing at me? I've, and they're like, there is no manual. I said, well, that's stupid. How are you supposed to know how to work it? They're like, ask a kid. I was like, I'm either going to lead this guy to Jesus or hurt him. <laughs> like, or both. Maybe he'll meet Jesus. I don't know. But, it, but, any, but the point is, is that manuals are important, despite what Apple thinks. I did learn how to use the iPhone, at least the things I needed to know. And, uh, but manuals are important. At home group on Friday, this last thing we'll say, we'll go to number two here. But at home group on Friday, I, we're sitting right here. Actually, we met right here. So it was church group, not home group. But um, we, uh, I said, hey, share what the Lord has been speaking to you through the word this week. Okay, three people shared. Miss Sharon said, Sharon Vernon, she shared about, about how the Lord had showed her uh, revelatory truths through the story of Joseph in Genesis. And he's just, she's like, I read it, and I just couldn't, I mean, and I'm, I'm ventured to say, Sharon, that wasn't the first time you've read that story about, jo- right? Sharon's been to Bible school, right? Sharon's got a degree, right? She, she's read this story before, but she's reading it, and the Lord sh- showed me fresh truth and things that I can use today. And I was like, awesome. Well, Heath Brinkley shares, and he says, the Lord just led me to Psalms. I don't know why. He goes, well, I think I know why now, but, uh, but I'm re- I just re- read a couple Psalms, and then that day, the things that I had read in it, immediately applied to my situation. The next day, I read two new psalms, and that day, the things, in my life, the things I had read directly applied to my situation, and, and so on and so on. And then Marissa shares that she's praying in the Spirit, and she looks in front of her, and she sees a license plate that says 7911, right? And so she guessed that it probably wasn't 1 John 7911. That's a church joke. If you, but um, but she, so she went to Psalms, 7911. It was a good guess. And... Um, Anyways, and she reads it, and it's and it's like and it's the Lord just confirming to her this text message through this text message that she just read, that it, and she is praying in the Spirit over what she just read, and then she reads this verse, which is like travail in the Spirit over those who are suffering or whatever, and she's like, "Wow, you know." So we saw even just in the short testimony time that the Lord is radically and actively speaking to His body through His Word. And it's, it's not theory, it's not weird, it's not feminine, it's not any of these things. It's like a tool that we need. Okay? Everybody in a good mood? Good. I don't have, I mean, I can tell you another joke to make you smile if you want, but. All right. Number two, praying in tongues. Don't leave. <laughs> Just kidding. Sort of. Um, Man, praying in the tongues or praying in tongues or praying in the spirit. I know not everyone in this room prays in tongues or prays in the spirit. I know many of you in this room desire it um, that don't. I know many of you do. Um, that is not the measure of your salvation. So we'll just say that right in the mid- right in the beginning here. However, praying in tongues for, for me in this last couple years has been monumental. Can anyone identify with that truth? I mean, 
Oh my goodness, I've prayed in tongues longer than that, but these last couple years, it's been like, people are like, well, how's your prayer life? I'm like, I don't really know. There hasn't been much in English lately. <laughs> you know, it's just, and I mean, and I mean, it's been, it's been life-saving for me and, and life-giving. Um, I want to differentiate real quick uh, before we move on, just between uh, what the Bible refers to as the gift of tongues and then what I'm talking about, speaking or praying in tongues just as a manifestation of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, one of the manifestations. Um, when there, there's so much confusion about tongues, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go into too much of it today. Uh, however, but if you have questions, I'm happy to answer them uh, later. But in uh, 1 Corinthians 12, it talks about spiritual gifts, and then it mentions speaking in tongues as one of the spiritual gifts, and it also says interpretation of tongues. Right? It says if you speak in a tongue, you should also pray that you might interpret it. Right? What is it referring to there? Right there, it's referring to a tongue that is given corporately, okay? And and it's a gift that anyone can operate in when the Holy Spirit gives the gift, okay? And so he he gives gifts, and then we have them for a a time or a place, and it's for the building up or the embetterment of the body of Christ. That's what the gifts are for, all of them, okay? And and you might not even know you have a gift. And then all this, you're like, hey, I have this gift. And then tomorrow you go, and then it might not be there, right? It's, he gives them, and he, and he, and he kind of takes them at his, uh, at his discernment, okay? And so when we talk, about, we talk about tongues, and we talk about a tongue that's given corporately, meaning, meaning I am directing what I'm saying so that all of you will hear what I'm saying. It doesn't mean that you can hear someone speaking in tongues. It means that they are speaking to you, not to God. Is that clear? Okay. Someone speaks in a tongue, and it's spoken to a group of people. It has to have interpretation. Okay? That's what the Bible says. So that's why that you've, it's happened here in the church many times, right? Someone will give a tongue. It'll be given to the whole group. We, have, we stop, and we say, who has the interpretation? Right? And it's not a translation, which is why there's multiple people that can give an interpretation, Right? Just as I'm going to be done with my sermon today, and you will all have a different imp- interpretation of what I spoke about, right? But my, I mean, I don't really have a transcript. I have some notes, but that's probably a little bit different, right? That would be a translation if you all just read my notes or spoke my sermon back to me verbatim. That's a translation, or in a different language, I guess, would be a translation. The other one would just be a dictation, okay? But, but, but interpretation is... What facet of this did the Lord reveal to you? What facet of this word did the Lord reveal to you? Which is why we sometimes have two or three interpretations of the same word. Okay? There's another type of, of, of tongues, even, that's given corporately. And that's the type that happened in Acts 2 at Pentecost, which requires no supernatural interpretation. Why? Because each man heard him speaking in his own language. Meaning, if I stand up here and give you a message... In Vietnamese, Karina is going to understand what I'm saying, and most of it. But I don't know if anybody else here is fluent in Vietnamese, but I'm definitely not. So if I stood up here and said it, that would be a supernatural tongue that I'd been given. I've never studied it. I don't, I don't know how to say any words in it, right? And if I stand up here and give you a message in Vietnamese, it's a supernatural tongue but the people who speak Vietnamese need no supernatural interpretation. They know exactly what I'm saying. So that's another type of tongues that's listed, okay? Then 
we get into what we're talking about today, which is praying in tongues, which in, in the Bible is a, is a manifestation or an evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit. It's one of them. There's many. Peace, boldness, prophesying. There's, there's, there's lots of different ones that are mentioned. There's lots of physical manifestations that we see when the Holy Spirit comes on people falling down, shouting, uh, all kinds of things that are all in the Bible. They're all legal, okay? All right. Um, praying in tongues... I'm going to tell you a few reasons or things or, I guess, reasons why it's good, okay? And then I'm going to give you scripture to back that up, okay? Not to necessarily convince you that it's true. I'm, I'm giving these so that you'll actually have, it's like, like I'm teaching you how to swing your hammer. I'm not convincing you that the hammer hits nails in, okay? You can't argue that a hammer hits nails in. It's just... It just does. But I've met a lot of people that don't know how to swing them. So there you go. All right. Everyone who believes in and follows Jesus has access to being filled with the Holy Spirit. You're sealed with the Holy Spirit when you believe, when you believe in Jesus. You have access to be filled with the Holy Spirit indefinitely. There's not just one. You can be filled with the Holy Spirit and should be filled with the Holy Spirit all the time, daily, right? And every person that's filled with the Holy Spirit has access to praying in tongues. Everybody say every person. Every person, every person filled with the Holy Spirit. Is that this is not a, a select. The gift is the select, right? That's that the Holy Spirit's discernment. Praying in tongues, what we're talking about is every Spirit-filled believer has access to this. And I believe that it is God's desire that you have it. He wants you, to, he, he invented it. He wants you to have it because it's powerful. Just like you buy really cool things for your kids, you want them to be excited about the things that you buy for them. It's the same idea. He got us a really cool tool. Praying in tongues gives you a prayer for any and every occasion. Ephesians 6.18 says, pray in, pray in the Spirit. Another way of saying praying in tongues. Pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for the Lord's people. You'll notice sometimes when you're praying in English or what the Bible says is with your understanding. If you hear a worship leader up here say, sing in your understanding, they're just saying sing something in English because they probably also just said sing in the spirit, right? Sing in the spirit or with your understanding because it's what the word says. It's meaning like if your understanding is Spanish, sing in Spanish, right? If your understanding is English, sing in English. Um, you probably notice that when circumstances change in your life, you pray differently. Just talking about in English, right? You probably use a different tone. Maybe you use some different words. Maybe you swing your fist a little bit. Maybe you go to a different place in your house, right? Circumstances that when things are great, you're just like, Lord, we love you. It's so good. Thank you for this meal, right? Turn this fried chicken into kale inside of our bodies. You know, it's like those... <laughs> Those types of prayers, right? Yeah, you know you pray it too. So. But <clears throat> same, thing and same thing with tongues. Ephesians 6.18 says all kinds of prayers, right? Same thing with tongues. You've probably noticed if you pray in tongues that regardless of whether or not you, you know what you're saying, which oftentimes for me I don't, right, because we're praying by the Holy Spirit, praying through us, right? But I've noticed that my the words that come out of my mouth are different when I'm warfare. I've noticed that the word, when I'm singing in the spirit, when I'm worshiping in tongues, that the words are different. 
right? When I'm interceding, they're different. Why? Because there's all kinds of prayers. There's all kinds. That's Ephesians 6.18. Praying in tongues helps us endure as we wait for the return of Jesus. Okay? Jude 1, verses 20 through 21 says, But you, dear friends, by building yourself up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, or praying in tongues, Keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. It was one, one of the things that they were exhorted to do to help them with, with endurance, to help them persevere. Like Here's one of the ways, because things are going to get tough. Here's one of the ways that you're going to get through. Here's one of the ways that you're going to strengthen yourself in the Lord as you wait for his return, pray in, pray in tongues. Okay? Praying in tongues gives you courage when you don't know what to pray. Or I would even add, when you don't want to pray. Okay? It gives you courage. Romans 8.26 says, In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with wordless groans or groans too deep for words or groanings too deep for words, depending on your translation. Not interpretation, your translation. <laughs> the Spirit gives us courage when we don't know, or praying in tongues gives us courage when we don't know what to pray. Let me give you an example of this. Oftentimes when I don't know what to pray, but I, it's like, but I want to commune with the Lord or whatever, and I'm just like, I know, I, I've, I've conditioned myself to just pray in the Spirit because I know it's the right thing to do. It takes a few seconds of praying in the Spirit, and all of a sudden I have courage to go further, right? Or sometimes I'll get a prayer that I, you know, and I, uh, one in my understanding, and I'll just pray it in English, right? Because praying in English is very powerful too, right? Don't, uh, don't dis- discount that. 1 Corinthians 14, 39, one of my favorite verses in the entire Bible now. I used to try to explain it away so that it didn't have to mean what it means. Um, is it, but uh, 1 Corinthians 14.39 says, Do not forbid speaking in tongues. So many churches, it's actually, I've, I've heard it said like from the pulpit, well, we forbid speaking in tongues here. Ooh. <laughs> That's dangerous. It's like you're even using the same word that they use in the Bible. Like, do not forbid speaking in tongues. When will the gift of tongues cease? When Jesus returns, and it's not needed anymore. Not before. The Bible says, when the perfect comes. Who's perfect? Jesus. Prophecy ceases. Tongues cease. Don't need them anymore. Number three. Remember, these are tools for the times. Number three, fellowship. I love how sweet the fellowship of believers is. Fellowship is just a really churchy term for hanging out. <laughs> Kyle and I always reference this really funny video that was made years ago. These guys make fun of all these church terms, and these two guys are riding in, the, in a car together, and they're like, let's get some dudes together tonight in fellowship. Just <laughs> like no one says, right? So, but fellowship is the word. 
but it's a crucial tool for our time. Have you ever thought of it like that? Have you ever thought of fellowship as like a, a warfare weapon or a tool or anything like that? It's, it's important. I'm only going to cover one verse here. Uh, the reason is because if you read the book of Acts or read about the early church, fellowship was a key to everything that they did. They met house to house and corporately, right? So they had home groups and their Saturday meeting, right? And, and it was crucially important. If they, if they wouldn't have had that component, it was like throwing out a quarter of what they did as the early church. Actually, it would have been more because some of the other things they did, breaking bread, to get happened in the context of fellowship. So if you throw out fellowship, you have to throw out all the things that happened in the context of fellowship also, which were also important. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 says, Let us consider how, may be, how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Does anyone see the day of the Lord's return approaching? Okay. All the more reason to meet together and build one another up and encourage one another. That's what this says. This is the writer of Hebrews encouraging it, saying, hey, do all this, all this stuff's good, but it's actually even more necessary as you see the day of the Lord approaching, which we see. So I'm like, all right, let's do it. Let's meet more. Let's fellowship more. Um, we're never to stop fellowshipping, okay? It's a, there, there's, there's a command in here, right? There's, a, there's a, um, an exhortation, right, to the body that says don't stop fellowshipping, okay? Don't stop fellowshipping even if the government tells you to stop fellowshipping, okay? Don't stop fellowshipping even if your neighbor tells you to stop fellowshipping, okay? You don't necessarily, have, you don't do it, the heart isn't doing it in spite to spite them, Man, we're going to meet anyways. You told us to shut our doors, but we're opening them. No, we open them in love and say, sorry, we can't shut them. We, are, we don't have that option. So, you know, you do what you need to do, but we don't have the option to shut them. But I think the coolest part of that verse is just the all the more part, right? All the more as you see the day approaching. We need it. I need it. I need fellowship. You need fellowship. I need you and you need me. We're the body of Christ. Fellowship provides. Worship team, why don't you come forward? Stay engaged here, right, for a few more minutes. Fellowship provides crucial things. I wrote down a few of them here. This is not exhaust, exhaustive, but fellowship provides an avenue for encouragement and correction, okay? If I am a virtual church member, and I will have virtually no correction from the church in my life, okay? If I am a, hey, I'm just going to love Jesus at home, okay, I don't need the church. Church is too religious. Church has got too much corporation in it. I've heard every, that's a prideful comment. I've heard most of the, of the reasons why people don't go to church. When people find out that, you know, on a plane, I'm sitting next to them, people find out that I'm a pastor, which I love telling them because either I'm going to have a really quiet ride <laughs> or a really cool encounter. Usually it's nothing in between, right? I'm a pastor. They're like, oh, sweet. I'm going to go to sleep. 
Or it's like, hey, I'm a pastor, and they're like, well, yeah, I mean, I'm a Christian, I just don't do church, you know, because, and they tell me why, and I'm like, oh, sweet, I actually don't have that option, not just because I'm a pastor, but because, like, I'll die if I don't have fellowship. You know, the word kind of tell you know, I, I need it, and here's some of the reasons why I need the encouragement. When we meet at home group, when we meet on Sunday mornings, I love hearing what God's doing in your life because it actually gives me faith for the bad things, the hard things, even the good things that I'm walking through in my own life. I see how the Lord showed up for you, and I'm like, well, he's no respecter of persons, so he's going to show up for me. That happens in the context of fellowship. Correction happens in the context of fellowship, right? If, I, if I'm willy-nilly not submitted to any spiritual authority or oversight, how will I know when I'm wrong? How will I know when I'm way off base? How will I know? Unless somebody tells me. Well, no one's going to know you're off base if you're never with them. It's a great way to hide in your sin. Never fellowship. Fellowship provides an avenue to corporate anointing and breakthrough. Okay? You can have personal breakthrough in your, in your prayer closet. These are great things. Don't, I'm not discounting it. You can have this uh, personal encounter with the Lord, right? And dreams and visions and by yourself or just with your family. But you can't tell me that something different happens when you get together and when you gather with other believers and we worship the Lord together. It's a different experience. It's a different breakthrough. It's a different anointing that happens. And it only happens in a corporate setting. And it only happens when we're with other people, when we're fellowshipping. The other thing that it provides is an avenue for spiritual oversight and submission to authority. Little bit different than the opportunity for correction, which can, correction comes and should come first peer to peer, Matthew 18. If a brother sins against you, go to him, not go to the pastor and tell on him. Submission to authority and spiritual oversight. We all need it. We all need to be able to have an umbrella over us where if somebody outside of the church brings an accusation, we have a covering. It's not, it's not a tyrannical uh, positioning where we can rule you and mold you and get you to do everything and a set of rules and blah, blah, blah. It's protection. We have to have it, and the church provides it. I am so, I feel so protected, and I've had accusations brought against me. I had an accusation brought against me, and, I, and first place I went, Glenn, Suzanne, and the elders, you know what they said? We've got you covered. It was a false accusation, but if I don't have them covering me, then it's my word against theirs. I'm so thankful for the elders. I'm so thankful for Pastor Glenn, for Suzanne, as their position as my covering. And when you're outside of the fellowship, you do not have it. If your only involvement in church is, I, mean, I know I'm preaching the choir, right? Like everybody's in the room right here, right? You're like, yeah, we checked this box already. I get it. But just so you have Remember, this is a tool, right? You're using fellowship as a tool, but just so you have actually information to give friends and family too, right? People are like, well, we just engage online. You know, we watch these people. I'm like, sweet. Like, do you get rebuked online by them? Or do you, you know, do you, if, if there's an issue, like if somebody brings an accusation against you, can you call their elder board 
And, and, and will they come to your house six states away and handle this accusation? They probably won't. And it's not their fault. If somebody, if somebody called us and said, hey, can you come up to Montana and handle this dispute? We'd be like, no. Who's your, who's your pastor? Well, you are. Well, we've never met. And, and you've never been here. You, you, you see the disconnect. But these are real things that are happening. Fellowship is such a necessary tool. And I don't want to, I hate deducing it to being a tool. Like I hate even putting that word on it, but it is, it's useful. It's necessary. It's a power tool. Thank you, Sloan, for the wonderful pictures. Yes, of the power tools and stuff. This is great. Would you guys stand with me? We're just going to take just the next couple minutes. I think there's a really, we talked about a lot of things today, and I understand that maybe some of it was a little bit of, of a fire hose, and that's okay. I say that's okay to make me feel better about talking too fast. There is a, when I prayed and asked the Lord and said, Lord, what do you, what do you want to do? What, what do you want to do with the response time, right? Because we got to have time. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. We got to have time to respond to what the Holy Spirit's saying and doing, Okay. There is, I know there's the issue of tongues, right? It can be dividing. It can be divisive in households, definitely divisive in churches and, and um, denominations and things like that. And it's not meant to be. It's meant to be a unifying thing. Why? Because it's of the Spirit, and the Spirit's the unifier, okay? Tongues, if it makes you uncomfortable, I sympathize, Okay, I know exactly how you feel. I've been there. I've made fun of people that spoke in tongues. I've, I, well, can't say that in church. I've, um, <laughs> but I've, uh, I've been there where I just go, nope, you're making it up. No, because, and you know why? Because I've heard the stories of the, of the churches that offer a class to teach you how to speak in tongues. And they take you through exercises where you say Japanese words really fast and to do all and that just, it taints it. But don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, right? I think there's a grace this morning to be filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, with the evidence of being praying in tongues, okay? Remember, let's, let's remember the, the Bible's uh, way that it, it differentiates between the gift of tongues, meaning if I'm gonna invite Norm up here and he's gonna give a tongue in front of all you, and then we're going to need an interpretation, right? It's different than if I'm just praying in my prayer language to God. Remember, the gift is this way. The manifestation is this way to God. And now, if you hear it, that's fine. You can hear it. It doesn't need an interpretation because I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to God. You can overhear me, and it's legal. Okay? I hope that's clear. But if you, <clears throat> elders, prayer team, if you're filled with the Holy Spirit and you speak in tongues, would you come forward so that you can lay hands on others uh, so that they can receive um, the same thing? I know there's so many in this room that desire it. Another thing, I do not want any person in this room to feel ashamed that they don't speak in tongues. Like, I don't want them to know that I don't speak in tongues. That is, this is not a hierarchy of Christianity, right? You're not going like, well, if you speak in tongues, you're a better Christian than if you don't. That's not it at all. You should not feel ashamed. I also don't want you to, to be in the camp where you're like, yeah, that's just, this is not for me. Because the Bible says it is. 
right? If your parent came up to you, right, or if you, you're the parent and you go up to your kids and you're like, man, I got you this amazing, amazing new toy. And they're like, yeah, that just ain't for me. And you're like, no, no, you're going to have so much fun playing it. It's going to be so useful. Here, 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 take it. And you're like, they're like, nah, I have other toys. You gave me other toys. I'm just playing this one. This one's just as good. And they're like, no, please stay. So the, there's a smile on the Lord's face, not judgment. Understand that? That he's not, he's not going, get up there and get the gift. It's not, he's not an angry God. He's not an angry God. He's just like invitation, arms open with love and going, this is just another thing that'll help you. And we could use all the help we could. I could use all the help I could get. And so I just invite you right now. I'm going to pray. The worship team will play. And I just invite you to come forward and get, get you. All they're going to do is gonna lay hands on you. They're going to ask the Holy Spirit to come. And then you have to open your mouth. If you want to speak in tongues, you got to open your mouth. The Holy Spirit's not going to come take over your tongue, right? That's not how it works. I used to think that's how it worked too. It's not. You have control over your mouth, but he gives the utterance. Lord Jesus, we ask you this morning for blessing in this time. Holy Spirit, we ask you to come and baptize, come and fill. God, I ask for a new infilling over myself, over each one in the front here that's praying and laying hands on. Father, would you fill them? Would you fill me with a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit? Would you fill fresh the baptism of your love and your goodness. God, I ask, Lord, that today, those in this room that desire to pray in the Spirit would leave praying in the Spirit for the first time. Lord, we trust you. We know that you only give good gifts to your kids. Lord, I trust you with things I don't yet understand because I know that you understand them. Father, for those of us who have a history where tongues brings up a, a, a horrible feeling or just feelings of skepticism and confusion and hatred and anger, Lord, would you come and heal those spots? Lord, would you come and heal those places in our heart, Lord, where the devil has tried to steal this great, great thing that you died to give us? Break in, Holy Spirit. Go ahead and come forward and get your hands laid on. If you, if you want to pray in tongues and you don't pray in tongues yet. Those of you in the front while you're waiting, pray in the Spirit. The week that I spoke in tongues, I was teaching, I was about to preach. I was about to preach about how speaking in tongues was for everybody, and I didn't speak in tongues. I was so mad and so confused. I was like, whatever, I'm just going to teach on it. And then I had some people over for dinner and they prayed for me and I spoke in tongues in my living room like two days before I preached on it. God's so good. Don't, but I was embarrassed. I was embarrassed that I had to have a coworker, you know, 
reveal this truth to me. I was like, oh, I should have known or I should have. That's just not the Lord's heart for this. He desires that each person have this gift. So come forward and get hands laid on you. If you need prayer for anything else this morning, you can come forward and get hands laid on you for healing or breakthrough in other areas of your life. And we're just going to let the worship team minister for a few more minutes. You're free to go whenever you feel like you need to and go get your kids. But we're going to stay here as long as you all need. God bless you. Thanks for listening to the weekly sermon. To download the notes and slides for this message, visit our website, riverinthehills.com. If you would like to partner with us in moving God's heart and changing the world, please subscribe to our podcast, leave a review, and share this episode with a friend.